This morning we're finishing our summer series on the Sermon on the Mount, which is Jesus' core teaching in the book of Matthew about how we are to live in the world. The teaching part ends with what we heard last week, which was the golden rule, which Jesus says sums up all of the Old Testament law and the prophets. And so the verses that we're going to hear this morning are like the postlude to his sermon. They are warnings, they are exhortations, they are encouragements about what Jesus has just finished teaching. As I reminded you last week, we should not hear this sermon as one giant should. This is not about how we should live. This is about how we will live when we are motivated by God's grace and God's unconditional love for all of us. This means that the stupidest thing or the meanest thing that we've ever done is not being held against us. Our own insecurities are not the last word about us. God's love has already spoken the last word about each of us and about all of us. And when we remember who we are and whose we are, we will be motivated to live in the way that Jesus describes in this teaching. This is about freedom. Freedom from our fear of scarcity. Freedom from our need to make ourselves look good. Because, friends, trying really hard to be nice people is only going to wear us out. We just don't have it in us on our own. We've proven that over and over again. But when we realize that we are already free, that we are already fully loved and safe and accepted right now exactly the way we are, then we tap into a whole new level of abundant life. Now, we won't be perfect at it. The point of the verses this morning is the reminder that this way of life is not always easy. It will take practice. But most things that are worth doing are rarely easy, and all of them take practice, don't they? So we're okay. These verses are serious because the world is broken and is in need of people who want to participate in the healing and not just mess around with making ourselves look good. So let us listen now in the reading of Scripture for the word and the wisdom of God. Matthew 7, 13 to 29. Enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow of the road that leads to life. And only a few will find it. Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit you will recognize them. 
built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, that house. Yet it did not fall, because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice, practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching, because he taught as one who had authority, and not as their teachers of the law. This is the word of God for all people. So this text overall, what we've heard this morning, how we build, do you know what this text reminds me of? In the book, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, this is where good theology comes from, friends. The school headmaster, Professor Dumbledore, he tells Harry, this is what he says, the time is coming when we must all face the choice between what is right and what is easy. The choice between what is right and what is easy. That's a really great quote. And Dumbledore got it from Jesus. <laughs> These verses this morning are a reminder to us that we face a choice between what is right and what is easy. As Miss Mary said, there's bedrock everywhere in Israel and Palestine. Anyone who wants to build a house on solid rock can totally do that. You just have to dig for it. And depending on where you choose, you might have to dig a little further on the hills. You can find it pretty easily. Down in the valleys, you got to dig more. But it's always there. The rock is always there. If you build in the dry summer season, which everyone does, all the ground looks solid because it's been baked hard by the sun. But we know, don't we? That things in our life which seem solid in one season can fall apart under our feet in a different season. If you want a solid house, you build it the right way and you dig down to find the rock. You make the choice to do what is right and not just what's easy. Now Jesus gives us several comparisons in these verses that we read this morning and they're all just different images of the same idea. The wide gate leading to the wide path is the easy way. But the narrow gate leading to the narrow path is the right way. Right, but not easy. Harder, yes, but so much better for ourselves and for the world. Jesus invites us and encourages us in these verses to live the kind of lives that produce good fruit. Not fruit that just looks good on the outside, but is actually rotten on the inside. Now, if any of you are gardeners, you know that plants take some encouragement, especially fruit trees, which is the image that Jesus is using here. You have to cultivate fruit trees. You have to prune them. You have to feed them. Growing good fruit, or we could say growing the right fruit, isn't always easy but it's so much better. 
In the book of Matthew, Jesus is interested first and foremost in making disciples who live faithfully in their everyday lives. And then also do some miracles. In this section of verses that we heard this morning, Jesus imagines a situation where he doesn't recognize some of his followers who have been prophesying and casting out demons and doing miracles. Now get this. True followers of Jesus. These weren't fake followers in his situation. True followers of Jesus doing legitimate God-honoring, amazing deeds of power, and Jesus doesn't recognize these folks. Why not? Because they were doing these deeds of power, but neglecting to live faithfully in their everyday lives. Don't be fooled into thinking that this is an either-or thing. It is not either everyday faithfulness or deeds of power. It's everyday faithfulness first, and then deeds of power. If we chase the miracles without first addressing our own anger, our lust, our love of money, our judgmental attitudes, all these things that Jesus addresses in the Sermon on the Mount, if we chase the miracles without first addressing those things, then Jesus says we've missed the point, and we've missed God's kingdom. Jesus' miracles and his teaching were both a clear demonstration that he was stronger than the power of death in the world. That's what the last verses in this section are talking about when they say that people were amazed because Jesus taught as someone who had authority. From the moment of his birth, Jesus had authority over the power of death and decay and destruction in our world. And he has given that same authority to us. We have that authority. So when we do miracles, which Jesus says that we can expect to do, we are participating and demonstrating Jesus' authority over death. That's obvious, right? That's a, that's a clear one. But when we faithfully live out his teaching in our everyday lives, we are also demonstrating Jesus' authority over death. Many psychologists agree that the fear of death and decay and destruction is the basic human fear. This is the thing we're all afraid of. And when we live the way of abundant life that Jesus describes in the Sermon on the Mount, we are proving that Jesus has authority over the power of death in our lives. When we orient ourselves towards living free from anger, free from lust, free from anxiety, free from the love of money, and free from our own judgmental attitudes, we are proving that we are not afraid of death and decay and destruction. We are demonstrating with our everyday lives that Jesus has authority over death because we are living Jesus' way of living without fear in our lives. We have to first do it in our everyday lives, in our lives, 
before we try to demonstrate it on a miraculous scale in other people's lives. It's everyday faithfulness first. Faithfulness, not perfection. And then also deeds of power. That's what Jesus is talking about in this section. All of this is about us conquering fear. When we remember who we are and whose we are, we will conquer fear in our lives. Not perfectly, but more and more and more over time. Because God loves us and because God has accepted us unconditionally, we are free and we have nothing to fear. You know, fear is what prompts us to make the easy choice instead of making the right choice. It's fear that makes us do that. When we remember who we are and whose we are, we will have the freedom and the courage to make the choice between what is right and what is easy. And when we come to this table, we commemorate the moment in his life when Jesus made the ultimate choice between what was right and what was easy. Jesus gave his whole self all the way in selfless love for the world. Because he knew who he was and whose he was, he found the courage to push through his own fear and to demonstrate God's ultimate authority over the power of death in our world. And he won that victory not only for himself, but he won that victory for all of us. When we simply accept that it's true, that God loves us exactly the way we are, and that God's not finished with us yet, we share in Christ's victory. Each of us and all of us shares in Christ's victory. Because, beloved, as our ancestors in the faith have insisted for hundreds of years, this is the joyful feast of the people of God. where people of all genders, all ages, all races, people in every type of body, each of us and all of us, come from the east and the west and the north and the south, and we gather here around Christ's table. <laughs>